Hello, my dear listener, and welcome to Is This It? I'm your host, Dana Grinberga, and I'm here to have meaningful conversations with talented and purpose-driven people to discover what mindset allowed them to overcome their greatest challenges and achieve success and share it with you so you can do the same. On today's episode, influencer, mother, homeschooling, and wellness advocate, Coral Golding. When Abel was one, we broke up for a while. Like we were living separately. We were just not in a good place. We were both young. And there's been times where I've envied him for making more money than me. And he's been able to go on holidays and do all these things. And it was like, this is early days of our relationship. And I resented him because I was at home with a child. And it was like, this is unfair. I've given up my body. I was still young in my head. And, you know, he was going out partying, doing all this stuff. So we, it hasn't always been smooth sailing. Ava was enrolled to go to a school and we went along for the opening day um, and we met the woman who would have been her teacher and I was just watching her behavior with Ava and she wasn't particularly kind she wasn't particularly and I started assessing her and being like I don't know anything about this woman's beliefs I don't know you know how she's actually going to behave when I'm not even stood in front of her and I was like she's going to be spending more time with my child every day than I am and I just went away feeling really unsettled I remember telling my dad about the experience and he was like, well, she's going to have to go to school. Coral. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much. I um, am very, very excited to have this conversation with you today because as I was going through your life story, I saw so many similarities and so many points in common that we have. So I'm really excited. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, I mean, this is my first podcast. Exciting. Ever, <laughs> so thank you for inviting me to do this. I'm really excited. Absolutely. Thank you. So I would really like to go back to your early days. I like to do that with my guests to better understand them. And you had a, an unusual childhood. You were in a Buddhist community yeah. at 12 years old, which is quite unorthodox. And I would like to ask you a little bit more about the influence your dad had on you in shaping you into the person that you are today, because he seems to have made a couple of things moves let's say in your life that really influenced the trajectory of your life later on so he took you to a dharma class when you were nine years old yeah. and he also was the one who suggested that you homeschool your kids yes is it safe <laughs> to say that he is your role model yes he definitely is and was my role model yeah definitely. so how how did that whole dynamic with spirituality evolve tell me a little bit more about your dad and your relationship so he actually, when we were growing up, he was quite the opposite of what he grew into in his 60s. Um, I mean, I remember him, he just used to go to the pub a lot. Um, he was just a, quite a you know, normal father. And then all of a sudden, he got into Dharma. And that was it. He was like a changed person. And I remember going along with him to a class. And I was so small that my feet couldn't even touch the floor <laughs> when I was sitting on the chair and I got really into it with him and it became our thing that we would go to weekly mm. and obviously at that age I didn't really understand a lot of it um but it was there and that and I feel so grateful that I was introduced at such a young young age because those lessons are just there for me whenever I need them it's, it's kind of my go-to mm. do you know what I mean if I feel unsure about anything or what to do yeah for the audience that doesn't know what dharma is could oh, you explain Buddhism. that so, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. We call it Dharma, but yeah. It's good, so it? that really changed your perspective on life in a way. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know um, it's, it's kind of more about what your purpose is. 
um, here on this planet. It's like, why are we having this human experience? Like, what's, what is it for? Um, and it's all about kind of just being compassionate to other people. I mean, I'm still learning now. I still go to Dharma classes. So even though I was introduced at a long, young age, it, there's so many different aspects to it. So I'm still learning myself, but yeah. That's really, really interesting. One of my favorite questions to ask is about purpose to my guests. So as we, as we already touched upon the topic, what is yours? Well, ultimately to find enlightenment, I suppose. You know, it's like we, within Dharma, they say that we are given there's different realms. So say after rebirth, you might come back as an animal, you might come back as a human. But if you are fortunate enough to have a human rebirth, and then one that also has Dharma involved, you have the capacity to change you know, other people's lives with your compassion, with your teaching, and you can ultimately find enlightenment. So eventually, I mean, obviously, now I have young children, and I'm homeschooling, so I can't dedicate that much time to Dharma. But ultimately, that is why I feel I have this human existence right now. So your understanding of the concept of purpose really ties back to to Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And as much as it's so difficult, because there are so many temptations in life, you know, with whether it be monetary, um, travel, whatever it is. But really, I know deep down that that's what matters. But then I just get distracted by all these other things that are kind of so tempting. Um, but really, I feel like even when my kids are a bit older, that's what I'll focus a lot more of my time and energy on. How do you obtain that enlightenment? Um, really, it's about kind of being as kind as you can to other people and helping other people as much mm. as you can. And also finding stillness in your mind and clarity in your mind and not and realizing emptiness that this world is it doesn't it's not going to bring you happiness ultimately ultimately mm. do you know what i mean and not having a the external to that world is, not, is yeah. not going to bring you happiness if you seek that happiness outside Ex of yourself exterior, the, mm. the exterior kind of material other people all these things are not going to bring you happiness you can only really find happiness in yourself and that is ultimately what it's all about i think yeah that's that's definitely the ultimate truth and this is even a thought that keeps going through my mind day after day especially recently it's like everything we need we already have everything we need we have within us we if we're sad all we need to do is we need to go outside the nature is healing the sunlight yeah. is healing get good sleep you're gonna have all the energy you need you're feeling stressed dance yeah yeah sing. but the sad thing is we know all this <laughs> and yet we do we do the opposite do yeah. you know what i mean we lock ourselves in these glass or brick cages and we don't spend much time outside in nature. We stare at these screens all the time and look outside of us for happiness. And it's like, it doesn't exist there. Doesn't work You're always way. gonna want more, no matter what you have. You've got a Ferrari and you see a Lamborghini and you want that. It's like- And then you want a Bugatti. Not, yeah, you're And then how many Bugattis do you yeah, have? Yeah, exactly. It's like, the thing is I love, don't get me wrong. Like I love nice things. I like to feel nice, but I know it's not really the true nature of happiness. Yeah. But I do have to remind myself. And that's why I feel like I'm still learning as well. And this I mean? is such an important point. Reminders. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons also why I'm doing this even. It's just talking about things that matter. Reminding about things that we all know. Yeah. But we need those reminders. Like I, I forget the things that I journaled a month ago. Oh, totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? I um, yeah, I heard someone say recently, they were talking about goals. And they were like, you really should look at your goals and write them down every single day. Every single day. Yeah. Every which Sunday. I'm starting to do, but then you still have days and you're like, oh. But you know, yeah. it does work. Uh, yeah. th this 
this New Year's resolution. Anyway, one of the things that I did is I really um, did this whole rundown of the past year in detail and then also kind of planning and prepping for the next year. And one of the things is also I set kind of all of the goals, all the things that I'd like to achieve. And I literally look at that every single morning. Amazing. It does help. It it's, does, it's like it's like it? an anchor and after a yeah. while it starts when 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 going gets tough and there's this moment and you're sad and you're down you remember why you're doing it yeah you have those things at the back of your head it's like oh no i want to do this because i want to create it's this charity why you're going in that direction or, exactly yeah, yeah, i want to yeah. get there or i want to learn this thing yeah. or i want to help, help that person and once you repetition is key right so once yeah. <laughs> it's almost like etched in your brain etched in yeah. your mind but I feel like for me, even I was thinking I was saying the other day is that now after the past year, like I've been listening to a lot of like meditations and affirmations and all these things. And it's only recently that I feel like it's paying off. You know, when it's like, because I've listened daily and I was like, is, is this pointless? Like, is this not, you know, is this actually doing anything? And then all of a sudden things start to materialize and you're like, wow, the, those tiny bits of consistency, those small consistent actions are starting to pay off. They yeah. don't evaporate. No, they don't. Definitely. Evaporate. But also you can't expect for things to just happen like that as well. And that's another thing that I feel like I've learned. I know opportunities do come to you from the universe, but I do feel like it's the consistent work that you do daily that gives you the results. Definitely. This also reminds me, I told you we're going to have something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly on this topic of not maybe seeing the, the results immediately, but them really accumulating to help you down the line. So last year, in the beginning of the year, I was doing quite a lot of hypnotherapy. Oh, wow. Marissa Peer does that really, really well. And so for months on end, I would be kind of playing these tracks of hypnotherapy, you know, that are catered to different different uh, areas of your life that you want to improve. And the changes I felt in that inner voice were immense. And you, it doesn't happen overnight, but even today, a year after, I can feel it, I can sense it. You know that inner voice that we always have that accompanies us, right? Yeah. sometimes and for many people it's 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 a for most people Negative. actually it's a debbie downer yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it's it's the harshest critic and don't get me wrong also for me but then because of the that work that i did of kind of going into the subconscious and reprogramming those beliefs mm-hmm. then that voice becomes kinder in a way yeah. so it's over the, the negativity is kind of overridden by that new yeah thing. but this is what is even like the listening to affirmations it's like that then starts to overweigh yes. doesn't it and that's why you start to feel different it's like and then your go-to uh, emotion is positive rather than negative and you start to feel more positive you know more much more of the time don't you exactly yeah. um <laughs> i just want to touch upon once again on your dad because i feel like that's such a lucky and such a big blessing to have somebody in your family that guides you towards spirituality. Yeah. I mean, I'm really fortunate because my mum, obviously living in a Dharma center as well, altogether. Mm. So I feel, because my mum lives with us, so I'm able to have these conversations with her about Dharma as well. So even though my dad introduced me, we're so lucky, I feel, that yes. I kind of Th- have that. That you have that whole family, family yeah, support. Yeah, yeah. yeah that mm-hmm. is invaluable. In my own family, my... My mother is really, really spiritual and she's been practicing alternative medicine for over 40 years Amazing. and she's, you know, into into meditation, into breath work, into yoga, into every single alternative kind of therapy that you can imagine. <laughs> but then it means you can have all these conversations with yes. somebody and that's probably why part of this interest kind of stems from as yeah. well, do you know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. I, I have this vivid memory of when I was probably four years old um we were doing this meditation i think of 
past life meditation. Oh wow! And there was obviously I was I, I was a kid. Oh, I didn't yeah, understand yeah. anything, but I remember this beautiful uh, mantra kind of chanting, and you know these candles and this kind of peace absolute peace and serenity i still remember even the melody and the words can you imagine that that is crazy i really value i really value that and i think people that have gone through that spiritual path in their life have been able to incorporate some levels of kind of spirituality in their life they just have that another layer of depth to them Mm -hmm. also in the ability to relate to other people and to have that compassion which is what you mentioned already as well yeah well i think Ultimately, how good do you feel when you make someone else feel good? Mm. There's no comparison, is yeah. there? And that is compassion, isn't it? And that's what I'm saying about happiness is that you, sure, you you know, it might bring you temporary happiness to buy something or travel somewhere, but then there's going to be, you know, a, something that, that disrupts that happiness. Mm. Whereas when you give or you make someone feel nice or you give a compliment, you're only going to feel better, aren't you? In Latvia, we have the saying, which is shared joy is a double joy and a shared sorrow is half a sorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's very That's true. so true. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Right. So as I look through your life, mm-hmm. the conventional way never seems to have been the one for you. No. So you dropped out of uni. Yeah. And then you went on traveling and you went to Mallorca and Ibiza. Was that for work or was that for party? Both. Both. So I worked, but... Tell me about that. Tell me about that. How did that work? Oh, gosh. So um, (laughs) I originally went to New York when I was 19, lived with my best friend, Charlie. We just, I mean, we were working, Mm -hmm. but really we were just like going out all the time, drinking loads. Like, yeah, it was super, super Was it like bartending or like... no, so we were like, we would stand on the door and try and get people in the clubs. Oh, yeah. Right. Promoting, and then like basically take them promoting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, when you give them like an offer for a yes, drink yes, and yes, then yes, you yes. try and get them in. Nice. Yeah. So that was our job. And we, yeah, there was four, four of us <laughs> living in a flat together. Yeah, it was just super fun, but super unhealthy. You know, when you look back, we were literally discussing the train and it's like, how did we do that? Like, how did our bodies, well, obviously they did, you know, you get ill, but um. And then Ibiza was, so I worked for a company called Ibiza Angels when I worked there, which I don't know if you've Sounds heard Sounds lovely. Of. No, I haven't. No, so <laughs> they, you basically go go around in like the nice clubs, uh, the nightclubs in the VIP areas and offer people massages, like wow. with your clothes on. So it's really nice. Oh, wow. And then people pay what they think the ma- massages were. So sometimes you might get like 20 euros for like a five minute massage or you might get like 200 euros if you've got like a really wow. big, like flashy and I did that and then I actually got to travel America with that that same company as well, which wow. was really cool. I never yeah. heard about that. That's so interesting. Yeah. So you did that for, for a couple of summers? Or? Yes, I did that mm-hmm. for a few summers. Um, and then, so when I was in, I actually went to Mallorca first. And then when I was in Mallorca, I got really, really ill um, and had to come home early. And I was like hospitalized with meningitis. So yes, you had bad. meningitis. Yeah, yeah. I was going to touch upon that. Yeah. So after that happened, do you think it was impacted by the lifestyle that you were leading or was that completely unrelated? I don't, it's hard to tell, isn't it? But I, I don't think it would have helped. Like my immune sus- system must have been on like zero. Mm. I had no, I was eating like pizza every night. Do you know what I mean? Drinking like blue alcohol. It's Ooh. like there was, yeah, it honestly <laughs> was like the opposite of how I live my life now. Yeah. Like that's what I mean. I look back and I'm like, how did we do that? And so whether that had an impact or not, I don't know, but it can't have helped. 
you know, I, I really wanted to touch upon this because sometimes we look back at our past and we, we, we judge and we blame ourselves like, oh, how could yeah, I do? Yeah, yeah. How could I have been this silly? How could I have been this stupid? Why did I do this? I could have done so much better, etc. But at least in my life experience, I've always had to go through this elimination method almost mm-hmm. because when you don't know, you don't know. You know what, what you're and supposed they, they to do. They become a lesson. They become a lesson, well. and those yeah. are the most valuable lessons. So true. Yeah. If I hadn't have done that and then become ill, I wouldn't have got into nutrition in the same way. So it's like the universe, you know, knows what it's doing. Works in it? mysterious yeah. ways, right? <laughs> yeah. But but in the moment, it's so hard to realize that when bad things yeah, happen to you, you're like, yeah. oh, this, this is the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah but of it ends up being often the best thing. and it's when you can look back you know like yeah. a year or so later maybe 10 years later and yeah. you realize okay that wasn't supposed to happen to me mm. yeah so you had meningitis and then healing through that process really triggered something in you so yeah. what what changed in your life after that illness so i came back i was spent two weeks in hospital and then came back to the uk and i couldn't even walk up like one flight of stairs i was so weak and my dad had been practicing yoga and he all of a sudden got into nutrition he was actually on um i don't know if you heard a macrobiotic diet it's kind of like just no processed food at all mm. and i just thought oh because my dad you know he was buddhist he did yoga and i was always like oh my crazy dad do you know what i mean as <laughs> yeah, a teenager yeah, 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 yeah. i was like yes. yeah, whatever my dad's just doing what he's doing and he said let's make it a really fun project and try and heal your body and help you feel better through food and I was like well, how's that gonna work that sounds crazy but then yeah exactly <laughs> at the time I didn't think I was like how's that gonna work and I just thought you would heal yourself through medicine I didn't really understand that That's food the was your medicine mm-hmm. yeah exactly um so we used to make it we used to go and have like fun trips or well fun trips we used to go to the supermarket and we would try and make it fun and he would say okay look for the carrot that looks like it's tried to work the hardest to get through the ground and that will have the most energy in it. So we would do things like that, made me think about the correlation with how the energy in food would have a relationship with the energy on your body, like in your body. Because I guess it's very different when you actually see the food growing, you see where it's coming from, you see see the whole cycle almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This reminded me actually of my own childhood because oh. once again, this I didn't even know that <laughs> you would tell me this, but um, I had a uh, benign tumor. Hey guys, I have a very exciting announcement to make. I've started working with my very first sponsor and it's none other than, drumroll, Momo Kombucha. Our own London-based, locally produced, healthy and delicious kombucha that I've been a fan of since I first tried it. For those of you who know me, you know that I'm obsessed with my health, but at the same time, I'm a devout foodie, and nothing will make me renounce tasty food and drink. Unfortunately, most delicious drinks are full of sugar and other additives that are not good for your health. This is why I love Momo so much. It's delicious, so it curbs my cravings for snacks, and healthy, as it contains loads of probiotics that are great for your gut. If you'd like to try it yourself, use the discount code ISTHISIT15 to get a 15% off of your first order. When I was uh, younger and uh, me and my mother decided not to do surgery as we were advised, but to explore different alternative, um, you know, medicine avenues to to kind of um, cure myself. And one of the things that the first thing that we did actually that we implemented was complete change in my diet. And so... What I did for, I don't remember how long it was, it was maybe six months, maybe it was a year or even longer. I ate only basically not cooked food. 
So raw food. Raw food. Raw food. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done a raw food. Yeah. And you do feel incredible. You do feel yeah. incredible. That was amazing. And and it helped. And again, it's the energy of the food because yes. you're not cooking it. I mean, now I have different views on certain diets, but I do feel that your energy and how the, that raw food can heal you is incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there, there, there are different diets, there are different ways, but the the number one thing to really just remember and think about is literally food is medicine. Yeah. But also live food, real food, mm. you know, stuff in packets is not food. It's, it's actually not really for human consumption. That's, that's poison. And yeah, that's yeah, exactly. The opposite yeah. of medicine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Feel like the more, the more it's processed, the more rounds of procession yeah. <laughs> the food has gone through, the least beneficial it's going to be for you. And they, they say it's like if, it's, if it was made, if it was put on this earth by God, you can eat it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like we're stripping away all the nutrients in, in the process of processing them. So yeah. what are we left with in the end? I understand it's delicious. Well, it's cheap, isn't it, as well? Yeah. And there's money to be made. Facts. And yeah. this is the crux of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the business. That's a, no, that's a whole other story, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> oh, we could get into <laughs> yeah, that, right? Yeah. You went into nutrition yeah afterwards how how was that journey what did you I loved it I've just that's the thing I feel like it's something that I've just it was the first time in my life that I realized this is what I want to do mm. whether you know I didn't actually study to become a nutritionist but it was I've, I've never stopped learning it was like it's something that I've I'm fully interested in and it yeah it just keeps on growing mm. so you knew that this is going to in some way you're going to make it your work in a way yeah i didn't even want it to it which then became obviously through blogging but this and is the, it wasn't even when i became interested in nutrition it wasn't as though you know this is what i want to do with my life and my career it was mm -hmm. just like i'm so interested and passionate about this so if it can amazing but it actually that's not why i started mm. it it's a true passion inside me that i just feel like it's just it just makes so much sense as well I love that. Having those things is so, so important. Yeah. And another one of things like that, I yeah. imagine, is when you went at 25 years old to India yeah. to train for as a yoga teacher, yeah. to get to get qualified as a yoga teacher. And there you learned even more, you, and yeah, another yeah, yeah. array of tools for your that body, for so your exciting. mind. exciting, <laughs> learning all the, the, and that's what I mean. I still feel like I'm constantly learning as well. Mm. It's like there's so many different avenues to explore and so many different, it's like the different cultures or the different practices that you can do to help your body. And it's like, I just want to learn about all of them. Mm. And then it's almost like a process of elimination or more like intuitive eating or intuitive diet or intuitive movement, which then you can decide what works for you rather than putting like a label on it. I feel like I'm getting to the point now where it's like, okay, I'll take a little bit of that, a little bit of that and put it together for what works for me mm -hmm. rather than trying to fit in this box because that's when I feel like people can kind of struggle. Mm. You know, One size does not fit all. No, 100%. We're different blood types, we're different body types, you know, different genetics, our family. You know, it's like we're from all over the world, mm -hmm. aren't we? And even now as well, it's like uh, the, the toxins that are in our world our bodies have to fight so differently as well. Mm. It's not, you know, it's totally different to when our grandparents were growing up. You know, there weren't the same chemicals being sprayed on everything. And Even the nutritional value of products has been reduced yeah. drastically because of the quality of soil yeah, and exactly. not enough nutrients in the soil. That's also another issue massive that we need issue, to. <laughs> massive issue, but yeah. So if we go back to that um, training that you went through, yeah. did you at the time think that uh, maybe you'd like to be a yoga teacher and did that kind of 
that experience change your vision of your life that you would have later on kind of what you thought you would do yeah I think I just it actually it was uh, the reason it came about is a friend actually said look I'm going to go to India and do this teacher training like I, I practiced yoga all the time anyway I was really into it and I was like do you know what why the hell not I'll go along with you then she ended up dropping out and I was like do I not I'd never done anything on my own like this you know never mind go to India um and, I, and there was something inside me that was just like, I have to go. And I never went with the intention of thinking I wanted to be a yoga teacher for the rest of my life. Obviously, it's something that I could have done and I still could do if I wanted to. But it was more the practices and what I would learn along the way. Like it was So just the tools a, that you got from there. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. I I went on to do a yoga teacher's training when I was 26. Oh, did, oh there you go. <laughs> this is why you said we have a lot in common. Literally, yeah. literally. I was reading through it and I was like, no way. <laughs> it seems like that age, doesn't it? Yeah, when, yeah, when you, you're finding yourself. A bit yeah. soul searching. But I do feel like that was such a transitional point in my life. Like, honestly, it feels so... Spending that time alone with the discipline and what you learn about, it's just totally out of your comfort zone, but also... It's so different to what we know here as well. Did, where did you do your training? I did mine in an ashram in the Black Forest in oh. Germany. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was, it was a bit closer. but okay. uh, So definitely yeah, you had more still... full immersion of the Indian culture. Yeah. For sure. But uh, yeah, it was it was very intense. Which there was yoga the, did you? Shri Shri Yoga. Okay. And basically it was seven days a week for, yeah. uh, I think it was over a month, month and a half. It was seven days a week, uh, 5 a.m., 10 p.m. but like all yeah. day program and then like 10 you just like lie down and pass out when i saw it initially i was like i this can't real? do this like, this is not, <laughs> is this I am not legal be to, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this child abuse <laughs> yeah exactly i was like this surely can't be right no but you do it don't you you do it yeah. and you show yourself that you can do it but that's the thing as well at that point in my life i felt like i hadn't ever really completed something like I used to have an issue where I would dip into something like dip my toe in it I'm gonna try a bit of that I might oh I might try my hand at that and it was the first thing where I had the sense of achievement of getting the certificate thinking I've actually stuck this out so honestly two weeks and I remember phoning my mum and being like mum I can't do this I want to come home and then she was like no she was like just do it you'll feel so much better once it's done and when I completed it I was like so this is what it feels like mm. and again that is a lesson that I feel has stuck with me through life that it's that feeling of achievement once you've completed something just stick with it it's always worth it that has really no comparison also. no Definitely. but before that I'd never really felt that it's like I dropped out of uni I'd done all these things and be as soon as it got the going got a bit tough for me I I you know threw in the towel mm, yeah and I think that's an issue as well the nowadays is that we have so much choice so, you know, it's not like when our grandparents were growing up and it's like, this is what you did. Now the world is your oyster. So you can try your hand, but that's not necessarily a good thing. Like that's it is, it's got, you know, it's got its pros and cons, hasn't it? But No, this is actually a very, very good point. These days we're so overwhelmed with the possibilities that we end up in this analysis paralysis very mm -hmm. often and you don't end up doing anything. That was, that was most definitely the case for me. It's like, if people... And People keep telling you, you have so much potential. Yeah, but that's, that's the worst, right? That is yeah. the worst. And then, and then you think, okay, well, yeah, I have, I have potential. Okay, fine. And then you dabble with this, you dabble with that. You're actually good at those things, which is even worse. Yeah. You know, there are some people that they're good at one thing yeah. and they just double down yeah, on like it. They, they know they hard. want to be a doctor and they've done yeah. that. Or, and they, they, or they have amazing. very clear yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, that was never. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. buy that. And I'm like, <laughs> I wish, sometimes I wish I would like that, was like that, but yeah. 
so I imagine then you went through the same thing where you were trying different things and you know you were good at them and you kind of liked them and yeah. then but which one should I choose and if yeah. you look down of the timeline then at least in my case I was paralyzed with this fear of making this wrong choice so true and wasting I don't know five ten years of my life doing this thing that yeah I didn't ever want to be the commit one. to doing a degree because I was like what if it's something I don't want to you know and then at the end of it I've then got to study something else again exactly yeah so, so I, I don't know about you but my my solution in the end to that all was just that elimination method and just trying cutting out all thoughts about what could what will because that the, the future doesn't exist mm -hmm. you only have the present moment and you can work you know give you 100 percent in that moment and yeah. see what happens next but not think necessarily overthink about what what will what will happen next yeah. so method of elimination is what <laughs> did it for me but also and here you are today <laughs> and here we are today doing something that we love yeah exactly <laughs> i love it uh, yeah but it's a journey it's a whole journey for sure yeah. and another thing because i did this same experience kind of of, of yoga training in my case i did it because of my mom because she wanted me to do it okay was it not something that was in you um it was not on my radar i did i had been doing yoga i was doing yoga but there were a lot of other things that i were i was more interested in okay so that was to me felt like a thing that i literally did for her mm -hmm. so it was it was never going to become like that i would never would have become a yoga teacher i tried like yeah. in the beginning i thought oh yeah, yeah, well, so, yeah i did yeah. this now maybe yeah. you know let me do this but the reason why i'm even mentioning this is because your intention behind every single thing that you do is crucial is yeah paramount i also had a lot of fear mm. because there's so many yoga teachers especially in brighton i had a lot of fear that i wasn't gonna be very good i would feel judged and it was like that also really put me off teaching unfortunately yeah, that's, that's very true but it was meant to be now but at the time it was like i i came back fully excited you know with all my kind of my my lesson Yoga plans on ready, the back. Yeah, lesson <laughs> plans ready to go like right who's going to be my client and I, I just got the fear and it really stopped me from teaching actually feel the fear and do it anyway i actually said that on the way here to my friend honestly i was nervous coming in i'm like <laughs> why when i'm just having a chat with you but it's because it's something i hadn't done exactly totally out of my comfort zone and it's like you just got to feel that fear and do it anyway yes this is another reminder <laughs> yeah and yeah, we need yeah. It. yeah and we and that's the case with every single thing every single thing first time you do it it's scary but you have to push through it's crazy yeah. how short our memory is i know how short like a goldfish i mean how many years have we lived on this earth and it's the same patterns and it's the same for every every other person and as well. we still get scared every exactly. time we do something it's like what is really going to happen what are you really afraid of mm -hmm. yeah i want to ask you how did having kids change your life and your perspective like your future the biggest change in my life um obviously um but i didn't plan on having children originally um i was living in london with two of my girlfriends and i actually didn't think i could get pregnant i mm -hmm. hadn't had a period for over a year and i went to see a doctor um and they said they were like no no it's fine it's really normal like loads of people loads of women don't have periods and they were like come back in another six months if you hadn't had a period and my mom was like no like you need to go and see so i went to see a chinese doctor um and he was literally like are you kidding me so in China, if your period is like one day out of its cycle, they will think there is something wrong. There's mm. something that's not in, that's not in balance in your body. 
so I went to see this Chinese doctor. He gave me all these herbs. And one month later, the next month, my period came back wow. after having these herbs. And yet when I'd seen a doctor, he was like, oh, no, there's literally nothing you can do in the, in, you know, like a Western doctor. So then because of that, because I hadn't had a period in a year, I was just like, oh, well, I can't conceive. And then on <laughs> New Year's Eve, I conceived my first child, Ava. But I actually didn't think it was possible. So we didn't plan on having her. Mm. We weren't even living together at the mm. time, which was crazy. Um, yeah. And then here we are. Te- that was the 10 rest years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. um, but I obviously wouldn't change it for the world. And I just feel like, I've yeah, it's been the best, most intense, incredible lesson of my life experience as well i i always i always wonder and i really wanted actually to have to have a mother on my podcast because okay. obviously I, I i don't have children yeah and but that's obviously a thought that also crosses my mind and you know it's it's such an integral part of everyone's life and i just always wonder how does your sense of self how does your vision of your future how does your how do your priorities change well, I actually felt quite lost at the time. So I feel mm. like it was a bit of a blessing. So we had, my f- best friend and I at the time had been on a game show and won some money. And I was like, F it, I'm just going to go traveling. Like, and spunk the money and just live my best life. Yeah. And then I had my daughter and obviously all of that had to stop. It was like I was pregnant. So then I had to slow down. It was the first time in my life where I couldn't just jump, get up and be like, F everything. It was like, as, as I said, as soon as the... 26 mm-hmm. yes so 10 years ago I'm 36 um yeah for the first time in my life I had to slow down I had no choice and again it's that saying of the choice that I always had was taken away from me but it was actually it was actually a blessing because mm-hmm. I had to slow down and just become a mother and I fully immersed myself in pregnancy I loved it um and then I just adored becoming a mum as well she was my everything and still is mm-hmm. yeah and you decided to homeschool Yes. When did that decision come and what made you decide on that? Was it somehow in link, linked to the fact that you were bullied as a kid and so you had some bad memories around that as well? It wasn't really, I mean, obviously that is my memory of being at school wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, but it, obviously you kind of go off your experiences, don't you? So I wouldn't say that that was the determining factor, but it obviously, you know, went along with my decision, helped my decision. Um, but no, so basically Ava was enrolled to go to a school. She was literally signed up to go. And we went along for the opening day um, and we met the woman who would have been her teacher. And I was just watching her behavior with Ava and she wasn't particularly kind. She wasn't particularly, and I started assessing her and being like, I don't know anything about this woman's beliefs. I don't know you know, how she's actually gonna behave when I'm not even stood in front of her. And I was like, she's gonna be spending more time with my child every day than I am and I just went away feeling really unsettled I remember telling my dad about the experience and he was like well she doesn't have to go to school and I was like of course she does and everyone like, does it yeah exactly and I was like of course she has to go to school and he was like no she doesn't and I'd actually met some teenagers maybe five years prior who had been home educated and they were so intelligent so confident with adults and I was like, I'd never really known obviously you hear about celebrities in America being home educated but I hadn't I didn't know it was a thing um and then he was like why not try it and so I started looking into like the community in Brighton whether there was a homemade community what classes were around and I just thought let's try it for a year um Mm. and then that's it that's it so she was four at the time so that's yeah five six years now Hmm. we've not looked back and I don't know you know with secondary school if she wants to go she can but I don't think she seems so happy she really is a very both of my kids are really happy children and I just think with the complications and the way 
especially social media and all these difficulties that kids have to go through at school now and the challenges that I don't know. And the world is changing so much as well that I don't know if what kids are even learning is relevant or going to be relevant in the future. That's such a good point. You know, that's such a good point. I mean, to me, homeschooling makes a lot of sense precisely because of the reason that you mentioned, which is where, what are they soaking up every day? Mm-hmm. Who are they learning from? Mm-hmm. You you have no control over that. You haven't picked those people. You don't know what their life philosophies are. You don't know what their values are. Yeah. You don't know. And you can't control that. You can't. Yeah. And the parents of the kids that they're going to be friends with and what are their beliefs? By, yeah. You know, that makes a lot of sense to me. But in, in practical sense, there's a little bit of stigma, I guess, in society surrounding homeschooling uh, with the well, argument of, you know, are they going to know how to converse socialize. and exactly socialize with their kids and things like that? It's literally the biggest thing. That was one of the myth. first questions that I get. And it is a myth. It's like, my kids are so social. They're so confident. Ask pretty much anyone who meets them. It's like, they're so polite. They're so they're not shy. And they speak to adults as adults because they're not told from an authoritative figure to sit down and put your hand up. They talk to us as though, you know, they're, they're the same age as us. You know, not in an arrogant way, but they they are seen as equals. And yeah, so I think the social, and they've got loads of friends. It's absolute BS that they don't socialize. We don't just sit at home at our, you know, dining table every day, which also another thing, I got a lot of questions from people after the lockdown because a lot of mums had to homeschool their kids during lockdown and everyone was like, how do you do it? It was awful during COVID. It was awful for us during COVID because we're used to being out every day, Mm. whether it's in COVID, you're sat there, you know, I mean, it wasn't an awful time in the lockdown, but what I mean is that it's not a usual homeschooling experience. You know, they're out experiencing life normally. We don't sit at home at a desk every day. And that's my point. Obviously, you had to do that in the lockdown, didn't you? So, yeah. So um, another one of my questions was going to be, what are the main challenges that you faced in the homeschooling process? I suppose it's giving up so much of your time Mm. and knowing what I'm teaching them is the right thing. You know, I'm always a little bit worried that they might be missing out on information they might need to know. Um, Also, just, you know, you have to have a lot of patience. It's, you know, it's pretty challenging being with your kids all the time. I mean, they have, they've recently just started going to like, it's like a home ed school. So two days a week, project-based learning. So there's no tests Mm -hmm. on the Monday and a Tuesday. They go there and they're with other home educated kids with, with primary school teachers who left the school system because they didn't believe what was going on was right for kids, for their growth. I love that. Yeah. That they, so they, they do that two days a week. So then they're with like 15 other kids, all mixed ages. So they do so they do that, do that on a Monday and Tuesday, which is actually now the perfect balance because I found that I was starting to struggle a little bit because again, if you want to have a bit of a career yourself, it's hard to find the balance if you've got your kids and they're obviously the priority as well. Mm. This actually is another thought of mine, which is how do you balance potentially a career, your children, your marriage, how do you do that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, oh, well, the thing is, it, well, with homeschooling, for example, sometimes they would come along to, if I was doing like a photo shoot or if I was going to an event. And again, it doesn't mean that they have to be sat in a lesson. So I just bring my kids with me wherever I go normally. Mm. Um, so that's one bonus. But I think what I've found to be the biggest catalyst for finding balance is waking up early in the morning. Like there is no comparison to how organized I feel, to how 
productive I am, to how my day, because I will make sure I find time for all those things during the day, that I have certain hours or periods, even, you know, to say that 10 minutes after I finish sending those emails, I'll go on my phone, rather than just picking it up, because that is obviously a time stealer, isn't it? Like your phone steals so much of your time. Definitely. But, and also I'm really fortunate in that my job is flexible, so I can work when it fits in to my schedule. So you can kind of fit your work around your kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, mm. don't get me wrong, sometimes it is a balance and I get stressed, you know, and I feel like I've deserted my kid, you know, but we all have that, don't we? It's mm. like when you're cooking dinner and the kids are around, it's like there's always going to be challenges and I'm not saying it's easy and that I've got it all together, but waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning is the biggest game changer. How much time does that give you alone, alone time? So my youngest wakes up about 7, 7.30 and my eldest about 8, so mm. I have a good two, three hours. But again, it's like I, I did, I wrote a post yesterday and it's saying, if you're a night owl and you are more productive at night, you go for it. But I know I'll just end up scrolling or watching TV at night. So what benefit is that doing anybody? Whereas if I wake up in the morning and I've worked out, I've had my shower, I've written my gratitude list, I've done a meditation, all these things that I know will make me feel patient and ready for the day. Then when my kids wake up, rather than being all groggy, them waking me up, I'm like, morning. And honestly, it makes such a difference. And then that has a cumulative effect and knocks onto the rest of my day. And onto the rest of your family. Yeah, exactly. It's like they say when you have, with self-care, if you look after yourself, then that is just going to have a positive impact on your family, isn't it, as well? Most definitely. Because if you're stressed and run down, how can you look after anybody else? Mornings are magic. <laughs> they like literally are. They I, literally sometimes are. I'm like, how do you even explain the magic? But they just are. And this good point. How Before do you explain sunrise. to somebody that hasn't experienced morning of practices and mm -hmm. how that primes you incredibly energetically to go through your day with this literally positive attitude and yeah. energy? How do you how do you explain that to people? Because I have my own rituals, right? If you I wake don't, up early. I don't wake up super early. But again, you don't have kids either, do you? You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah for, for for now, for yeah. now. But yes, so uh, I wake up, I do my I do my meditation, I do my mirror work, I do my visualization, I do my you know the healthy drinks, some sort of exercise. Now I'm practicing qigong as well, so I'm Amazing. learning a lot of yeah, a lot of fun that. stuff. My stepmom, yeah, she does that. She does? Yeah, yeah. She so she's a yoga teacher. So she was who lived with my dad. She still lives in their off grid cabin, but she's a yoga teacher and she uh, teaches qigong within her yoga practices I as well so, yeah it's very cool. nice very and actually i find that to be very good intro for people that maybe are a little bit you know skeptical can't find their way with maybe yoga or breath work kind of incorporates everything so it's the breath the body and that mindfulness literally yeah. you have to get a hang of it but yeah yeah but anyway but the, what's nice is she incorporates it all together so you have the movements within the yoga practice so it's like yeah it's pretty cool yeah i'll hook you up with her page <laughs> yes very good i'll try she also teaches forest bathing as well which is another thing i totally recommend interesting yeah <laughs> okay i'll look into that yes but i'd like to ask you so if there are some people watching or listening that yeah. are considering homeschooling what are the things that they need to think about what are the things that they need to keep in mind what do they need to be ready for and how do they best prep i wouldn't necessarily say that you kind of can prep because everyone's different every every you know a lot of people who choose to home educate can often be children that don't fit in within the school system um but find a community is my 
biggest kind of um I, I would just say to find to try and find a, a local community so that you have support groups so that you can find other kids and that are being homeschooled as well that is a really good place to start and there's like loads of facebook groups out there if you search in your local area and you'll be able to find other mums that are homeschooling as well mm. so kind of find um support in that way in the community already yeah 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 what definitely. if nobody's doing that well, i've never <laughs> done it that way so i don't know um, but also just teach intuitively. So, so much of what we learned at school, I know I didn't, re I don't remember and I don't need to use now. So if the child is particularly interested in something, then go with that. Let them decide, you know, because then also that will stay with you so much longer than something. When you're fed information, it, it kind of doesn't really stay with you. Whether it's when you're are actively searching for the information, then it will stay with you mm. on a totally different level and you remember that. Because you're deciding. Yeah. It's like, honestly, my one of my worst topics is probably geography. And someone could say, where's this capacity? And I wouldn't have a clue because I had no interest in it. Whether it was with nutrition, because I'm interested, I would want to talk about it for hours. And it's kind of the information goes in at another level. Mm, definitely. So if a child has a passion or an interest, I would definitely try and encourage them to follow that. And they have so much more time to be able to do that. And in terms of uh, practically the age kind of periods where you yeah. do that is that literally you can do it throughout their yeah their they growing don't ever up? have to go to school mm. if they don't want to where does that leave them in terms of jobs later on and well, certification again, can you be an influencer without that? like okay we'll, we'll, saying, we'll, get we'll get into no, right what now. i'm saying is you don't need a qualification to do that this is what i mean about the world changing mm. like with meta and all the it's like who honestly knows in 10 years time or you know five years time what the world is going to be like yeah and they could get a degree in something that can be absolutely useless. To be fair, they can get a degree online as well without yeah. ever leaving their home. But also a lot to. of the big universities actually say they want ho a lot of homeschool kids because they think differently. Mm. They, th you know, they think outside the box rather than what they've just been taught. You know, they want open-minded, so. So you touched upon briefly uh, yeah. on the influencing topic. I want to talk about your uh, journey with entrepreneurship and business. Mm -hmm. So it looks to me when I kind of connect the dots that your um, actions were mostly propelled by your heart. So when your brother got very <laughs> sick, it's, well, okay, then I picked up. Uh, I feel really things. lucky that they, they've been able to be mm. led by my heart though, you know, yeah. It's really due to you. So this is also what I want to say. So it must have been you that followed that intuition versus just some sort of rationale, you know, calculative rationale. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I don't think very. But, but that also takes big trust in yourself. So I guess your spiritual journey kind of really primed you to be able to do that. But so for the audience to, to understand, when um, your brother got very sick, you tried to help him by giving him good food, yeah. uh, nutritional, organic produce, and you couldn't find it. So you yeah. created a company, yeah. Juice 45, 45 Juice. 42 Juice, very 42. close, very close. Uh, 42 Juice. 42 Juice, yeah. <laughs> I would like some juice right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and... Then when you had kids, you decided to sell that business yeah. uh, in favor to spend more time with your kids. Yes. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit more about that decision making. Was it always just clear for you that, okay, this is the right, this feels to me like the right thing to do. This is what I'm doing. Or what was the internal? What within why we closed struggle. the business? No, or rather why? sometimes 
we're often told you know what we need to do then there are things that make sense to us mm -hmm. because of the circumstances because yeah. you know we're in this position now and maybe that person could help us or the circumstances are favorable for certain things yeah but then there are these feelings that we have within us which is no actually that path to take is a completely different one so did you have any sort of internal struggle when you had to close the business and you you wanted to focus on your kids more or well I was I just kind of started influencing or not you know not getting paid or anything like that but I'd started up my Instagram when we still had the juice bar anyway mm. um because my business partner Natalie took on a much bigger role when I had had my two children because she wasn't pregnant I took a bit of a step back and then when she fell pregnant it was like you know and mm. also the issue is with I wish it was still here today because honestly, you ask anybody, our juice bar was like 100% the best. Like we were so thorough. We made sure everything was organic. Like our recipes were incredible. Like the best smoothies you've ever had. And I'm very hungry now. Yeah, I know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Um, but the issue is they don't make it easy for small businesses nowadays. And they don't make it easy, especially if you want to be organic as well. It's like organic produce is so expensive. Someone would come in and be like, why should I pay seven pounds for a juice when I can get one for two pounds from Tesco like a, a but and it's like you don't realize the produce that is going into that and yet they'd happily pay 10 pounds for a salad do you know what I mean so mm. it's like we had a lot going against us and even though it was successful it wasn't like we were making loads and loads of money we were breaking even and it was like what is it's hard graft as well juicing is really hard work making smoothies is really hard work and we were like we're spending you would work in the in the yeah store. Mm -hmm. I mean there was people who worked there as well but it's like you're missing out on family time and it's like for what as well we wanted to help people but when the system doesn't make it easy for you to succeed as a small business it's really disheartening you know so that's when you decided to go into the direction of blogging influencing yeah. so i'd already kind of started that mm -hmm. anyway and then it just so happened i actually i was someone's pa for a little bit for like in between between the two and then that wasn't really working so I actually took the leap. Like I hadn't, I think I'd had one paid job and I just believed that it would work. And it was so weird because it just did. Mm. Sometimes you just, Tell I know it sounds that. so freaking cheesy, but you just have to trust the universe and it often has your back. What was it? What? The job. My first job. Oh my God, I can't even remember. It's really <laughs> bad, isn't it? I actually can't remember. I've gone completely mind blank. I remember what the most, the first job that I had, it wasn't paid, but I remember getting a buggy for free oh. and being like so excited <laughs> by that because with my first child, I paid like a thousand pounds for a bugaboo and they were like the best buggies. And then when I worked with them, to me, that was like dream, mm -hmm. yeah. So that was my first kind of like moment when I feel, felt like I'd made it, when I got a free buggy and then, yeah. But I can't actually, that's really bad. I can't remember what my it's, first it's, It was a while ago, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> well, I want to delve deeper into this because, uh, you know, clearly internet is the way to go. Yeah. Um, so how followers do you need to have to be an influencer? What what sort of criteria, prerequisites do you need to have to be considered one? Do you know what? I don't know how much, how many you would need. I, I would probably say a minimum of like 10,000. Um, I think because there's lots of apps out there where you can kind of start to get paid jobs. They don't pay that well, but it's a good way for you to start making connections with brands. So I know there's apps called like Tribe. So for example, say if you had like 10,000 followers, then you would probably be able to work with them. They may, as I say, they may not pay well, but it's a way for you to kind of start, start. building a bit of a business within that as well and putting the feelers out and then all of a sudden brands will start to notice you when especially when 
other brands repost. Mm. So another tip that I have is what really worked for me is when when I worked with the brand Bugaboo, because they had such a huge following, when they reposted my images, I would then get loads of followers off the back of that. Mm. So if you can create beautiful content and then have a brand repost that, you'll then be seen. Do you know what I mean? Leverage I know other the thing is platforms. reels and stuff weren't around when I first started. So now you can have a viral reel and it, you blow up. I mean, like for example, last year, I had a reel that went viral of my daughter and it had 12 and a half million views and I grew 20,000 followers from that. I had 40,000 now I have 60,000. So I'm like, it can just be that you make that one reel and that's it. How, does, how do the followers translate into the monetization? Definitely depends on the quality of your followers, um, where they're based, uh, what sex they are, what age they are. So I will often send over a screenshot of my insights that will tell tell the brand, um, as I said, what sex they are, what age they are, because then they can tell that they're not like bought followers, for mm. example. You can see that the age range is like 31 to 39, mainly based in the UK or the US. Like all that they're real followers. They're not like 90% India. Do you know what I mean? So they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so do not buy followers, whatever you do guys. Um, if you want to, you know, make a profession with Instagram. Um, yeah, we were talking about how do the follower count convert into monetary figure? Well, again, so I have some friends who have way more followers than me and yet I get paid more hmm. for a post. So I don't actually know. I think it's based on your engagement, the mm. quality of the content that you produce, um, what your message is, uh, what market you're trying to target as well. So like, I have a very strong mum following. So if there is a brand that is trying to target mums, I know that they may pay me more. But say if you're like a fashion blogger and you're working with like Pretty Little Thing or all these fast fashion brands, it almost kind of, I would say, lessens your value mm. do you see what i mean no because <laughs> i don't okay. know about this world so okay. it, it, if you explain to me then so but mainly because as well it's it's because you're there's so much competition mm. as well so it's like you look like everybody else I see. that's kind of my point so basically find your niche yeah yeah 100 percent. and this is what i say to a lot of people now they're like how do you do it and i'm like unless you have a usp you need to have some form of usp yeah so whether that be wellness or you have some idea or you know you're you're struggling with something talk about that it's like talk about experience it you know what do people will associate you with yeah, so they, they want to get yeah. some service. They want some advice or some help or something from you. Do you know what I mean? If you're just posting pretty pictures, what what's what value? What value are you bringing to the table? Amen to that. Yeah, <laughs> I've done that, and I feel like I've done a bit of both. My engagement when I post something with a bit more depth and context is totally different. Really? Yeah, and I feel better about it. And then the response I get DMs, and I get people saying, "Oh my god, you this is so helpful." And this is such a good point i want to touch upon it for a second okay. um so for myself i had uh, a, a private profile on instagram right and you know your usual album type profile um and of course then i went through this whole journey of you know creating this podcast and mm, taking basically a new path in my life and a part of that decision was also okay what do i want to put out in the world and what message am i sending what am i representing yeah. So at some point I realized as much as I, you know, I love, I like to 
dress up i like to look nice i like to look at nice pictures of other people as well yeah. you know yeah you can get inspiration yeah. i constantly get like outfit inspiration from people i'm not saying that that doesn't have a place because it definitely does definitely does yeah. but ultimately as you say what more what more is there you know mm -hmm. so i'm happy to be associated with you know certain messages and bring some sort of value to people when they look at my profile through the podcast mm -hmm. etc but when i look for example at the in the beginning right when i just started posting you know maybe some sort of motivational things or some sort of um you know some sort of quotes versus a selfie then that selfie would get so much more engagement you know so much more likes yeah. so it's very interesting for me to hear that for you it's different but i guess that also comes with time and with people yeah. having associated you to then that value content for a longer yeah. time so then they know what to expect yeah if, if i'm honest i'm just getting i've started to feel empty when i just post a pretty picture and it's like i just really want to bring people value it's like mm. what has helped me and then from that experience how can i help others you know so as i say it's like i did a post about the benefits of waking up at 5 a.m it's like to me that has changed my life so much and so you want to share I that share that with yes. people you know what that's what it's for really isn't yes. it that's influencing yes do you know what i mean in my eyes yeah most definitely most definitely and i think you go through that for anybody who's going through a transition right now they're you know repurposing their profiles or they're changing their direction in life and are thinking about changing also the content that they're putting out there i think it's worth mentioning at least it was like that for me as well and i'm sure it's gonna keep being that way that you go through this period where there's a bit of a change of that following so mm -hmm. once you start posting completely different you know content and types of things but you will lose for sure you will lose followers oh, yeah. i feel like i plateau all the time because i grow and then mm -hmm. i lose do you know what i mean but i'm like if they're not interested in this content they're not going to be then here. they shouldn't be yeah. here yeah 100 yeah. and and you have to be but okay with that sometimes sometimes yeah, yeah. But that's why I, th I think that's why we need to also mention that, that it's it's super normal. Yeah. But you attract, I always say uh, this thing, which is do you and your tribe will find you. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. You have to, you have to, you have to, you know, take that risk and have that courage to show up as the person that you truly are. Yeah. And then, yes, some people will leave your life, but that is great. Yeah, because yeah, they, yeah. they weren't there. They don't even know who the real you is. They're not there for the real you. And in fact, they left. So they're proving that. So yeah. great, because they made some space for people that actually are interested in who you really are. So courage <laughs> <laughs> and make some changes. Yeah, definitely. Um, still, I want to delve a little bit more into the into the blogging, into the influencing. For anyone that's thinking, you know, to to go into that direction to start making money with that mm -hmm. what sort of numbers are we talking about obviously what i know as in payment yes i know the range is infinite obviously you know yeah. there's superstars they're normal people but i'll say the the timeline mm -hmm. to build up to an approximate number okay well i i mean i remember on my first ever post that i did I can't even remember what brand it was for and I got 50 pounds for it which then was like cool posting a picture at 50 pounds but the reason I started was a friend I remember her telling me that she got paid 500 pounds for a photo and at the time I was like what you put a picture up and you get paid 500 pounds and now I'm earning quite a lot more than that which is to me it's like so shocking but yet actually the work that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see like the emails back and forth the outfit chain all the shoots and then sometimes it's it, the brand aren't happy with it and then you have to reshoot and then obviously you have built up this audience so some sometimes i almost feel like do i deserve to be paid what i'm being paid 
but actually you have built up you know all those years of doing stuff for free all the content that you have created for free actually balances out to now what i'm being paid do you mm, see what i mean definitely you know as well you can't just i was gonna ask you what are the prerequisites what do we need to be ready to do what do we need to have to well it's difficult because nowadays you can make a, a an outfit like a get ready with me reel in your front room and it can go and have like a million views do you know what i mean so it's so different to when I first started, when it was just the pictures and you'd make all your feed like color coordinated. And it's, it, again, it's so different now. The content, Is that out of style now? Nobody constantly. cares about the coordination of Instagram? No, I still think you still, because the reason being when somebody clicks on your page and it's all messy and all over the place, unless that's the way you are and that's what, they're not looking for that within you. But because, you know, my feed is partly about style, I try and make it look aesthetically good. So it's not, I don't, I wouldn't not put a picture up because it didn't fit on my feed, but it's definitely something I would think about. So say if I was putting a reel up and you choose the image for that, I would be like, oh, so I've got those kind of tones and I want to take a picture of that. I would maybe use like the camel tones in the outfit that I was choosing because I know it went well with my feed. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. And definitely. then it kind of follows through. Yeah, because in a way you're positioning yourself as somebody to be followed you yeah. are influenced so i guess the audience like your 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 average person that would want to follow you for inspiration they would look for inspiration they would expect yeah. your profile to be somewhat but it's first impressions isn't yes. it you know so when you first go on somebody's instagram your first impression is how you appear to them you know how you look do you reckon that these days it's almost indispensable for one to be able to have these social media skills and to look to this path as an alternative of nine to five jobs, if that doesn't sit with them well. My only concern now is the competition. Mm. You know, there's, and as I said, unless you have a USP, then it's very challenging. Unique selling point. Oh, sorry, yes, a unique selling point. But at the same time, as I said, you can get one video that goes crazy and then, you know, you've earned however many followers from that. So mm. it, again, it's so different to when I first started to when I was building an Instagram. It took so long for me to grow. And then in a week, I had an extra 20,000 followers. So that is crazy. Yeah. And it's like TikTok is something something that I'm almost so afraid of because it's so unknown. And yet you can grow super quick on TikTok. Taking well. those first steps. There you we go. Say. Yeah. <laughs> Calling <laughs> you out already. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I love so, that. But I, if, you're, if, you're, if you want to give it a go, I would say try it because what is the worst that's going to happen? You oh. know, you're not it's, it's taking some of your time fair enough but if you enjoy creating content then freaking go for it like i remember my brother taking the mic out of me being like you're so busy this is so embarrassing like standing in the street taking pictures and now he honestly looks at me when i had like a free holiday last year and he would no, and he was literally like and he was like do you know what cause fair play you smashed it whether it was back in the day he was like what are you doing like he'd get really embarrassed and he mm. would also take the mickey out of my boyfriend taking pictures mm. you know and they would like take secret pictures behind and be like in insta hubby kind embarrassed of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but now it's obviously paying off now he's laughing you know something that uh popped into my mind when you just mentioned you know what is there to lose i can already hear the counter argument of a lot of people oh, from the listeners which yeah. is what are they gonna think yeah, I'm gonna it, look silly. They're gonna think I'm some sort of yeah, blogger also, now. You know, initially, just open a page. Don't put it even in your name if you don't want to. Mm. Just start a page. Don't follow the people that 
you feel intimidated by or you think might judge you, just start up a brand then. And then as you start to grow, you'll feel more confident and you'll know what you're doing is aligned with your you anyway and it'll just feel right and you won't care what they think. And also, it's at some point, there's another saying that I really, really love, which is pain pushes you until vision pulls you. Until your dream and your vision becomes big enough and you're, you can vividly see, smell and taste it in mm -hmm. front of your eyes. And it's so inspiring that it literally pulls you forward, yeah. pulls you upward instead of focusing and paying attention to all the things that are now not going well you're not mm. now in the position where you want to be there's this job that you don't like there's this relation that's not really working and there's that pain that's literally like with these knives is like pushing you forward so which one is it gonna be yeah and so i think until you're able to be inspired you know be monetary be it the future be it who you want to be uh be it a new challenge for yourself by that vision of what will and could be if you make that scary step Mm -hmm. and you risk those people judging you yeah but because the reality is nobody cares that's the truth yeah well, everyone cares about themselves even if they judge you for half a second they'll forget about it the next Literally. one so is that fear of that half a second somebody judging you when most of the time they wouldn't even pay attention is it worth not going for that vision and being pushed by that pain 100 percent not like now i look back and i think of all the fears that i had and I'm so freaking glad that I just went for it, obviously, you know. And it's also the doors that open up. It's like the plans that I have in the future off the back of my Instagram. Do you know what I mean? And yes. it's like I built a following and it's like you can work with that, you know. So it's not even just for the monetary gain. It's an ads. asset. Because I, if I'm honest, it's like I don't want to be posting ads on Instagram for the rest of my life. It's, it's great for what it is now, but it's like with something that I'm passionate about, you know, potentially if I can work with people with nutrition and help people on a deeper level, that's really what I want to be doing, you know. But this opens the possibility for you to do that. Yeah, exactly. And it's created the f financial freedom for me to be able to explore things more. You know, I don't have to be stuck in one place working. It's like I'm able to kind of follow my dreams a little bit more, I suppose. And I've had the mental freedom to be able to figure out what those dreams are as well. That's very, very true. This is a conversation I had with a friend literally the other day, which is sometimes we get stuck in our head with, okay, the perfect ideal scenario of wanting this to be the reality mm -hmm. but if we look at all around us and even the the singers the actors you know the, the superstars often they go through this long phase which shoots them into stardom doing maybe music that is not really their thing yeah and then afterwards when they've made all of this success they're super popular they completely shift it and they do what they really love yeah so gotta put in some work <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course that's the thing as well i think people just expect sometimes that you're going to be like an overnight success and it's not i put a lot of friggin hours in back in the day when i wasn't getting paid for it it's only you an know? overnight success when you're looking from the outside onto somebody else's yeah, story you when you didn't know about them then they explode and you're like oh overnight success oh, so it's all right for you isn't it yeah and it's like actually you don't see how many friggin photos i took for free and that's not mm. a bad thing i enjoyed the process as well you have to you know I'm, i wasn't doing it purely for the monetary gain like i really enjoyed taking the photos mm. as well but and the you thing know, is just as people do they document their lives on instagram anyway it's like we have become a society where we want to share everything might as well get paid for it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And the thing actually, you mentioned overnight success. Actually, if you're smart, you know that you do not want to have overnight success. Because yeah. overnight success means that you are completely unprepared mm -hmm. to be on the level that overnight you're now standing on. 
That's really true. And that's a massive risk. Yeah, if I think over the last few years, what the journey that I've been on and what I've learned through that journey has taken me to the level. If I'd have all of a sudden got to this level when I first started Instagram, I wouldn't have known what to do with it. So it's like the journey is part of the process. And I think it's really important. Obviously, you know, the universe will only throw you what you can handle, but it can also be dangerous as well, can't it? Yeah, most definitely. If I asked you to share three of your very important life lessons with me what would they be so i think the first lesson that has struck with me super deeply is that is learning that you don't need to be a part of this system that has been created by society by people that don't might not necessarily care about you you have control of your life if you disagree with something, if something doesn't feel right in your heart, you don't have to do it. Just as with the homeschooling, it didn't feel right. And I initially thought, of course she has to go to school. I'm so glad I went with my inner voice and went against what society told me is right. And that was almost the catalyst for the rest of it. It's like now I question everything, not in a kind of paranoid way, but I, or conspiratorial way, I mean, sometimes, but um, <laughs> Same. I, I, um, I just think who is benefiting from this and why are they benefiting and what is going to ultimately make me and my family happy? You know, you don't have to do what they tell you. You don't have to eat what they tell you. You don't have to inject what they tell you. You don't have to take the pills that they tell you. You have a choice. It is your body. It is your life. Mm. Do what feels right for you. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. And you very um, wisely mentioned, follow the motive. Who is this benefiting? Yeah. Who is this, who is this product benefiting? Who is this system benefiting? I think the way is localized, individual, bespoke approach to everything. One size does not fit all, as we said. And that goes to everything. To what yeah. you eat, how you school your kids, what you wear, where you hang out who you go out with, everything, absolutely everything. Yeah, and it's funny because now my partner, he was working, he had had a company and he was in with um, some other guys and all of a sudden he's now taken the step to go out on his own. And now I feel like our life is completely free. Like we are not part of the matrix. We don't have to, you know, he was working eight till six every day in an office and now the world is our oyster. Not that we're up and about, but it's like, my kids don't have to go to school every day. I don't have to go. And it's like, we've created a life and it's it's scary to take these leaps. He was, for years, he was, you know, f- feeling that it wasn't right that he was going to an office every day and he finally took that leap. And now it's like, we're not part of that, but you have to make those difficult decisions and you have to have faith. Anything else? Um, another lesson, I think, is when I was younger, I kind of wanted everything super quickly and I've now realized that consistency is key. And I know you hear it time and time again, but those little tiny steps will get you to the top of the mountain. One foot in front of the other daily will get you to where you want to be. Definitely. I am um, reading this book right now, which I should have read years ago, Atomic Habits. Oh my gosh, so good. I listened to an audiobook. I literally recommend it to everybody. Life-changing. Isn't it? And it is all it's about It's accumulative and like habit stacking. Showing yeah. up, yeah. showing up instead of this one spur of big energy of like setting that New Year's resolution and then 
this is falling off the cliff after after a week because you say i'm gonna be an astronaut yeah in the end of the year and you you you've never even no picked up a book about it that's when you can look back upon reflection say even like a month after you started and you've just put in a few small daily habits and see how far you've come even in just that one month Mm. and you'll feel totally different i promise you they're reading the goals in the morning every morning every morning do what you can control two minute rule what's two minute rule make it so easy that you can do it in two minutes to start with i'm literally one as well that i heard that i really like i think it's mel robbins and she does like a countdown from five yeah where you do like five zero with the space yeah and then (laughs) it's like you've got to do it in that second have you heard of the high five habit as well i don't know i know the previous one but it's like high-fiving yourself in the mirror basically Mm. and it's it's again it's like a subconscious thing saying like you can do it yeah every day rather than looking your mirror in the mirror and like criticizing yourself and worrying it's like checking in with yourself every day well remember how i mentioned mirror work as a part of my morning routine yes so this is something that I learned from Lisa Nichols, which is also oh, yeah, yeah okay, perfect. All these <laughs> the great, yeah, literally the great. Um, so basically, what you do is in the morning, you go to a mirror, and when you just wake up, and you have these seven things that you say say to yourself, which is seven things you're proud of. So, for example, Donna, I'm proud of you for dot 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 Love seven that. things. Then there's oh, seven really things. Like I've never heard of that. Trust me. So you say these things, then you say seven things which are done i forgive you for okay that's that's really powerful and then there are seven things that you say which is donna i commit to you that and there's seven things and you do that every day and i do that every day love it yeah obviously okay there will be a day or odd but yeah normally i do that yeah and especially i've i've said this to a couple of people and and a couple and how long have you been doing that it's gonna be a year now oh wow yeah And it's, uh, it's, 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 re- it's one of those things, just like hypnotherapy, it, it, it stays with you. It completely alters the voice, the inner voice. Yeah, and also, obviously, the way how you see yourself. So the first time that you try it, especially the I forgive you part, ooh, stuff comes out. Okay. Try. Okay, let me know I'll, give it, I'll let you know how I yeah, get yeah, on. Yeah. Okay. Is there another? Yes. Yeah, so I would say the third one is, cu- we've touched on all of these, actually. But the third lesson is that material things don't bring you happiness. Mm. It's like, you know, the, the, a, a Buddhist monk once said when I was in a uh, teaching and it really stuck with me that if you don't have a car, you have one problem that you don't have a car. When you have the car, you need to MOT it. It gets a parking ticket. You need to put petrol in. So the more you have mm. doesn't equal your happiness, you know. That's and I feel like true. I'm just starting to really learn that, you know, just as, as as I'm getting more confident and more successful, it doesn't mean that that's equaling my happiness. This is actually the moments when I'm happiest is when I'm really present with my kids. Or sometimes it, I take my dog for a walk in the morning and I listen on the way up to the walk. I listen to my dad doing reading a Buddhist prayer. And then on the way back, I listen to like a morning visualization, visualization, like goal setting. And sometimes I, I nearly cry because I'm so happy walking back, like thinking of how grateful I am for my life. Mm. And it's like moments like that. There's no material objects in that, but it's just being grateful and content, you know, with what you have. And you don't need more. That doesn't mean don't strive for success, but you don't need more to make you happy. Fully, fully agree. And that resonates so strongly with me, which 
it goes back to uh, what, what I was saying also in the beginning, which is we do have everything we need. Yeah. And all the most precious things, the ones that have the ability to give you that profound, overwhelming feeling of happiness, they, they don't cost money. They're, they're yeah. it's, it's, it's the connections, the human connection. It is the, it is the nature. Mm-hmm. It is the doing things. Like sunrises, game changer. Like how I, Sun, I love a sunrise. Yeah. And the sea. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the palm sea. trees. Yeah, we're lucky enough to live by the sea. But yeah. So sunrises at the sea is like the oh. best. Yeah. You're living the life. You are living the life. <laughs> I mean, it's bloody cold. I'd rather be somewhere warmer, but you know. Well, yeah. Now, now that now, you are both very flexible and free. Who knows? Who, who knows, knows what the future knows. Yeah. Exactly. But actually, um, an interesting point that I want to touch upon there is, do you think that people must it's imperative that they go through that phase of actually acquiring those material things to be able to understand that those are not the ones that make you happy. Can one understand that without actually getting them? Can you understand that in theory? Well, yeah, because if you're a monk in Tibet, you've never had those material mm. things, you know. So but did you... they were they born monks? They had life before they became monks. No, some monks, some kids become monks when they're like, 10 years old so what oh. i'm saying is that because they're taught <laughs> yeah you know from such a young age but in the western world everyone's journey is obviously different um but i'm sure yeah maybe you do need to acquire i don't think it's essential because i started learning these lessons before but it's obviously only now that when i get an object it's like when you place a, a an order for an online shop and you're super excited in that moment you're like this is going to make me happy i'll order these shoes mm. and then it arrives and you're really happy when you unbox them. And then how long does that last? Then you're on to the next thing. You see someone mm. else with the new style, it's, you, you're always gonna want more. So that object will not ultimately bring you happiness. And then the shoes will get dirty. And then it's like, the, the, it is impossible for an exterior object, person, place to bring you eternal happiness. Absolutely. Because you know, it's like, it's like when you're in that romantic honeymoon period, and you know, they're everything. And then all of a sudden you start to get the ick. It's like, and even Oops. now, you know, it's like, I've been with Ali for like 20 years and we are happy, but I know that he doesn't bring me happiness. I have the happiness inside. We just help to empower each other and help each other grow and support each other. And that brings me happiness. But I know that he's not gonna bring me happiness. It doesn't mean that if he left me, that I wouldn't be happy. Do you know what I mean? Obviously I'd be upset for a moment, but it's like, he doesn't bring me the happiness. And another Buddhist teaching, which is really interesting, is they say, when you find someone so beautiful, what part of their body do you find beautiful? If you took their eyeball out, is it beautiful? If, you know, you love kissing them, is their spit, it's like, it's (laughs) gross. But this is the thing, isn't it? You think of this human body and you're actually... It's like, what part of it is it? Is kind of going to bring you happiness? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, bit no, of a random one, but there you go. That's super, super uh, true. And I love how you phrase that as well. It's like, you're happy on your own. Mm-hmm. He's happy on his own. Yeah. You're both happy with yourselves. Yeah. And so you don't place that burden onto the other person to yeah. make the other person happy, which is the pitfall for relationships really that's when they when they break anyway because I've had times in the past where I've been really insecure and he would go out clubbing and I wouldn't be able to sleep and I'd be phoning him like where are you but yet now I feel so much more confident in myself and we're in such a good place and we're both in you know in a a, a different we I I suppose it comes with growing up as well Mm -hmm. doesn't it and you realize that other person it's like let them do what they've got to do 
not gonna you know change who you are is it i think that's such a beautiful uh, mature phase of a relationship when both of the people in a relationship have that understanding yeah. of of just importance of being your own person and then mm-hmm. coming together and bringing yourself to the table yeah but like, he literally sat my cheerleader and i'm his and it's so nice mm. i think it's so important when you can just just help each other grow like we if we're like driving for an hour or whatever the kids will be in the back and it's it's our time often when we'll just really engage and motivate each other and talk about our plans and i think it's so nice when you can find that point in a relationship when you are able to help each other grow there has to be that intention as well though yeah but that don't look to them i imagine but that was from there from the beginning this willingness to help and support yeah we're both kind of like that but it wasn't it's Mm. been a very up and down relationship over the years but mainly due to insecurities i suppose it's beautiful how if you stick together long enough you can really have some incredible breakthroughs yeah because there's been times like when ava was one we broke up for a while Mm. like we were living separately we were just not in a good place we were both young and there's been times where i've envied him for making more money than me and he's been able to go on holidays and do all these things and it was like this is early days of our relationship and i resented him because i was at home with a child and it was like this is unfair i've given up my body i was still young in my head and you know he was going out partying doing all this stuff so we it hasn't always been smooth sailing but i do feel and i think that's both because we're quite in self-development and we both have become really in self-development in the last few years we worked on ourselves he has been having therapy and it's like that is honestly been such a game changer for him so you have to put in the work in yourself you just can't expect a great relationship if you haven't put the work in if you're not doing yourself. anything to make it great no, yeah if, it's only now that i've put the work in and i feel happy and content in myself and he has that we're able to help each other grow mm. yeah it's like that that analogy of putting your own ma- oxygen mask first then helping yeah exactly and then helping others yeah Yeah. definitely coral if i asked you what is your recipe for happiness what would you tell me i think the true secret to happiness is putting others before yourself as in making other people giving being compassionate name something dana that that makes you more happy than that lasting happiness you know i mean for me everything is about connection yeah and giving back so i i i finally realized that that was the missing piece in my life and so i turned my life around to do this to do hopefully many other exciting things in my life because that was the part that was missing i you know i was doing things for myself and i was i had these goals i had these aspirations but at some point i just realized about me it's kind of boring it's kind of small it's kind of lonely yeah i want to do something that involves many many more people uh, in in always possible you know with with you sitting here and and us having this connection you yeah. know with hopefully our conversation giving back to the to the audience and, yeah. and helping them on their journeys so bringing the audience in yeah. as well in that circle and you know hopefully so much more it just makes life taste better so much better, <laughs> so much better honestly when you can start to realize that ultimately making other people happy will make you happier it's just compassion it's that that joy that's doubled tripled yeah yeah, exactly that's it that's that's, times a million right totally Mm. 100 percent. thank you thank you so much oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) i love this and um oh it's been a pleasure yes thank you
Hello friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and share it with someone. I would love to hear your feedback and suggestions as to what guests you would like to see on the show next. See you next week.